I'm going to start at uh, at Psalm 55. And uh, oh, anyway, let's just let's just see what uh, what we got here. <clears throat> uh, this is this is a Psalm of David, and uh, there is a. I want to get to it so you'll know. Oh, uh, uh, I'm going to switch to the King James just a moment. Oh, uh, there's a famous verse that you're going to remember here in just a moment, and just want you to remember this is 55, and the other one is 22, and it, it'll just help you. I believe. Everybody here can remember that, whatever, 55, 22. Okay. Well, anyway, it's double numbers. Okay. But anyway, here's, the, here's, this, here's this part of this one we've heard very well. Look at this. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Of course, it's King James, thee. I mean, I mean, I mean these young kids and maybe even, oh, even Josh and Joy, their age and stuff. Of course, Joy would know. And I, and I'm sure, well, Josh has been in church as much as uh, Joy has. But anyway, sometimes you don't know what the is. Okay, but it does sound real good. It does sound like uh, George C. Scott on Ten Commandments. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Whatever. Okay, okay. But let's switch back to the Living Bible just a moment here. Okay, and uh, look down here. Let's start here at... Uh, I'm get my mouse to come back up again. Hang on a second. There we go. We're running. All right. Oh... Uh, Oh, and I want to switch back down here to the uh, to the to the latter part. Just a moment here. Oh, give your burdens to the Lord; He will carry them. He'll not permit the godly to slip or fall. But now let's go back and let's get this whole thing. Let's start up here at um, at verse one. Now again, please get all of the. You know, we paid this guy to write this psalm, or in other words. Or he's called to do this. He's not called. He is in trouble. He is just like Netanyahu right now. Except not, Netanyahu's not the king of Israel or whatever. David was. And David is in a big, bad problem. And for some funny reason, we have this in our Bible. Now remember, this is not music. This is not even lyrics. Nothing rhymes. And it's not because it's not in the Hebrew. It was never intended to rhyme. The important thing is the message, okay? And it's a prayer. And you can actually, matter of fact, I did last week. I had some stuff, uh, you know, just snowballing against me. And, and I got out of my stuff. And it's, and it's because, glory to God, you just got God's word. And even when you feel like, well, I don't know what to pray. Well, you know what your problem is. And you feel so overwhelmed. Well, we got so many prayers here. Just take this out and read it out loud. Say, well, I just, I just don't. The Lord's Prayer. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, okay. And you can repetitiously do that Lord's Prayer. There's nothing wrong with it. I do it every day just to get started. It's a great prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. I bet you that has a lot to do with the reason I can make it to the gas station. <laughs> and it's got a lot to do with my money, too. You know. And then it goes on, it says, and, uh, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I like this next part. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. There is so much evil out there, it's incredible. Bad people are out there. Bad things can happen, and the Lord designed a daily repetitious prayer for us and said, pray that you'll be delivered from evil. Okay, so here we go. Listen to my prayer. Now listen, you can tell how in trouble he is. Listen to my prayer, oh God. Don't hide yourself when I cry to you. I tell you, there's probably preachers right now that are probably saying, you know, you need to learn to be patient. <laughs> how can you tell your problem to be patient, you know? 
what they need to be teaching is trusting the Lord. That's all you need to do. But some people, they teach trust the Lord is, you know, you need to just deal with it. God gave you a brain, you know, and you need to just learn some things the hard way. I'm not, not as long as David says this. Look what he says. Don't hide yourself from me when I cry to you. Hear me, Lord. Listen to me. For I groan and weep beneath my burden of woe. Woe means destruction, if you know that. I mean, if you didn't know that, it's it's so bad. mm. He said, for my enemies shout against me and threaten me with death. Now, hang on a second. Speed to the bottom. And remember, he said, cast your burdens, or this translation says, give your burdens to the Lord. David's going to talk about people plotting murder against him. And yet he equates and doesn't say, you know what, if you ever get in a situation where somebody's going to draw a gun on you or it's as bad as I got, the Lord will help you. But as far as the rest of it's concerned, let's don't bother the Lord. No, he says from the greatest of your problems to the very least, he says, take all of your burdens and give them to the Lord. Of course, that's what one of our favorite songs is. We say, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Okay, boy. And you can see, and I love, I love being the one who's responsible. I'm tired of blaming God. It's me that needs to trust the Lord. So, my enemies shout against me. They threaten me with death. They surround me with terror and plot to kill me. Their fury and hatred rise to engulf me. You know, so far we haven't looked at anything about learning to be a better Christian. Well, you need to be at church. You need to be nice to others. I'm going to get all that, but right now I'm falling. I'm in trouble. Okay? So what he says, he says, my heart is in anguish within me. Stark fear overpowers me. Now this is David. He killed Goliath. Well, yeah. But I'm sure he knew how to deal with that fear then. I mean, he was just a little guy, but he trusted the Lord and said, I'm going to kill that, I'm going to kill that Goliath. And he went out there and he did it. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> My heart is in anguish within me. Stark fear overpowers me. Trembling and horror overwhelm me. Boy, now what's, Now you've heard this part of the scripture before. You'll see it in the Living Bible, but you'll recognize it. Uh, you've heard it a bunch in the King James. Oh, for wings like a dove. You ever felt like this? I just wish I was not here. I wish I could get away from all this stuff. I want out of here. Here's that verse. Oh, for wings like a dove to fly away and rest. I would fly to the far off deserts and stay there. I would flee to some refuge from all this storm. I tell you what, Psalm 55 is going to be one of your best friends if you use it. Pull that thing out and go, where was that at? It's 55. And read it out loud. And just say, Lord, <laughs> listen to me when I pray. <laughs> Help me. And then after you get done with that, close that up and start looking for things to change. I mean, we're not doing this to be... Well, look, God's down from heaven going, boy, Richard, sure is cute. That sure is cute. It's not about cute. Jesus was fixing to be crucified. They were in the garden. Peter pulls out his sword and started swinging, trying to protect Jesus. And Jesus stopped and he said, Peter, no, he said, put your sword back. He said, don't you think that I cannot call right now and my heavenly father will give me more than 12 legions of angels to deliver us? Wow, I remember that story. Yeah. Well, Jesus believes this. But see, remember, he just said, take me, because he was the lamb. He even told, he was mocking him, saying, I was in the temple yesterday. How come you didn't get me? That's because they couldn't. But he said, this is the hour of darkness. But all it was was he was the lamb. 
He was the lamb. He was going to pay that price for all of us. Okay, so here we go. Lord, he says, oh, if I could just fly away, I would flee to some refuge from all this storm. Okay, well, notice when he's, he's telling this to his refuge. He said, I want to fly away. I want to get out of this storm. Oh, Lord, make these enemies begin to quarrel among themselves, destroying them with their own violence and strife. Though they patrol their walls day and night against invaders. Look what he says. Their real problem is internal. The enemy's got trouble on the inside. See, a lot of times we think, oh, the problem I got. You know, of course, we know it's the enemy. It's the devil. The scriptures tell us there is a devil out there. There's angels and there's demons, you know. But let me tell you, there is a fire in their court. They are not as happy as we think. Hollywood makes them sound like they're big, bad, whatever, and they can just ruin your life. Let me tell you something. We're on the right side. So look what happens. He says, oh man, he says, there's wickedness and dishonesty are entrenched in the heart of the city. There is murder and robbery there and cheating in the marketplaces wherever you look. He's talking about the, let's say the, the uh, <clears throat> Canaanites. Now look at verse 12. Boy, this, the, watch this will strike a chord. It was not an enemy who taunted me. Then I could have borne it. I could have hidden and escaped. But it was you. Now he's making reference to a friend, not God. It was you, a friend, I mean, a man like myself, my companion and my friend. What fellowship we had, what wonderful discussions we had as we walked to church, he says, as we went to the temple. So you talk about, my, now remember, one of David's sons was in on this. I want to kill my dad because I'll be the king. Woo, Absalom. It was one of my companions and friends. What fellowship we had, what wonderful discussions we talked to the temple uh, as we walk to the temple of the Lord on holy days. He says, let death seize them, cut them down in their prime. But of course, Americans, we're too polite. You know, we take off, you know, like we were talking about this morning, you know, the, oh, well, I don't want the death penalty. Oh, okay, well, we just let all these bad guys keep getting bigger and bigger. Let these criminals coming across the border that are, you know, that gang members with the MS-13, it's okay, they just need to be rehabbed. Rehabbed, huh? I hate to see a bunch of them come in this door right here and let's just say, let's be nice. Well, I'm not going to be nice. The Lord's my shield and my sword. And nobody's coming in this building to shoot us down. Jesus is standing right here. He's going to keep us safe. But we can get so, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't. David said, Lord, get them. <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. The Bible talks about the armies of heaven. Oh, you mean the pacifist. No, the armies of heaven. Jesus is coming back one day on a white horse with a huge army. We're going to be in that army. Praise the Lord. But it's not like, well, put your weapons down. No, we're going to lay our weapons down when there's no more war. But there's war right now. Put on the armor of God. Remember that one, Ephesians 6. Sword of the Spirit. Well, I don't, I don't believe in guns and stuff. That Bible is the biggest gun you'll ever have, and it works, praise the Lord. From... From an amateur with the Bible to anybody who's been using it for years, it'll work for all of us. You pick up that revolver and pull the trigger, it'll shoot out the end of that thing. Doesn't matter how experienced you are. Just know to use it. He says, let death seize them. Cut them down to, in their prime. For there is sin in their homes and they're polluted to the depths of their souls. Now look what he says here. Now this is us. But I will call upon the Lord to save me. And look at this. And he will. Now, there's where we fall today. Sometimes we think, well, I'm going to call, but I don't know if he will. Oh, please, go back and read read it over again. Start with verse 1. Read it over. You need to know when you call, he will. That's so important. 
I mean, the Israelites were, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Finally, Joshua says, we're going to the promised land. And they were fixing to cross the Jordan River. This is another place water split. Wasn't even, the, wasn't even the Red Sea. And the Bible says when the priest stuck their foot in the water, that's when it split. It wasn't going to split until they said we're going. Okay, but I'll call upon the name of the Lord to save me, and he will. And he didn't quit there. He, he, I, I tell you, remember as we studied last week, David you know, encouraged himself in the Lord. He said... Now, I like that this is Dr. Pepper. Remember Dr. Pepper? 10, 2, and 4? You know? Look at this. I will pray morning, noon, and night. Well, a lot of good that'll do you. Or as some people say in our society, they laugh. Oh, has it come to that? Praise the Lord. Anyway. Oh, I'll tell you this about my job, whatever. They did turn my resume in on that job. My boss, the head top person. Called me and I was with. I saw him and they said, "Hey, you turned in the. I turned in the stuff for the contract." And I thought, "Praise God!" And see, they were not going to use me, but now they are. Praise the Lord, <clears throat> because I qualified. Hallelujah! I knew I would. But the only reason I qualified was not because I stomped my foot. It was because of this. It's nothing but Jesus. It's nothing but Him. Anyway, He says, "Morning, noon, and night, pleading aloud with God." Look at this, and He will hear and answer. You need to know that. It's not just, well, he hears, Lord, listen to your children pray. It's more than just listen. He'll help you. And look at this. Though the tide of battle runs strong against me, for so many are fighting me, yet he will rescue me. Praise the Lord. That's the reason I have a problem with, with thinking that, well, maybe sometimes he will and maybe sometimes he won't. Well, then what about John three sixteen? I may not be going to heaven after all. Because there's a little bit of sometimes... And sometimes not. Uh, no. We already know. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord to be saved. You believe John 3.16, you're going to heaven. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise the Lord. So anyway, he says here, uh, yeah, he will rescue me. God himself from everlasting ages past. In the King James, I think it says... He's been doing this a long time. Okay? But anyway. He will answer them, for they refuse to fear him or even honor his commands. He says, this friend of mine betrayed me. I was at peace with him. He broke his promises. I think the King James, I think they referenced it. My own familiar friend whom I ate with at my table. His words were oily and smooth. You know, it's almost like, well, this is, see, can you imagine, even in America today, we're like, oh, oh, oh. I don't know why the Lord put this burden on me. I can't believe one of my kids turned against me. Or one of my best friends. Oh, 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 oh. Ain't read Psalm 55. There's nothing new under the sun. Maybe it was a horrible divorce. Oh, my husband. Oh, my wife. Oh, oh. Listen, when father and mother forsake you, David said, the Lord will take me up. Don't let those things tear you up. Jesus is not turning back his back on you. He's standing there saying, I'm here if you'll open the door. Remember, that was written to Christians. To the church of Smyrna, you know, Thyatira. I think this one's Laodicea. Can you imagine that? I hope Jesus is not standing there. Y'all didn't lock the door, did you? <laughs> Can you get in? You know, that's the point. You know, our own personal life. Okay, so look what he says. His words were oily and smooth, but in his heart was war. His words were sweet, but underneath were daggers. But he didn't say, you know what? It hurts my, 
hurts my feelings. No, he said, get them, Lord. Get them, God. And he says this, give your burdens to the Lord. He will carry them. Well, wait a minute. That just means if it's, if it's this bad or what. No, he said, give every burden to the Lord. He said, he'll carry them. Look what he says he'll do. He'll not permit the godly to slip or fall. He will send my enemies to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will not live. Look at this, what he's comparing now. They will not live out half their days. Oh, yeah, but if you get the cancer or if you get the melanoma or if you get the, you know, they got this Ebola stuff coming now. You know, I mean, boy, if we get that, we're in trouble. Why did he compare that to an evil person? You are going to live out all your days. The number of your days, God promised, and I think it's, it's Exodus 15. He says, the number, no, 21. Exodus 15, 23. The number of your days I will fulfill. Isn't that great? Isn't it great to know this next week's not your last? Praise the Lord. It's not. Okay. He says, look at this. Uh, but I am trusting the Lord to save me. Now, Let's go back and look at a couple of things oh, <clears throat> in the Old Testament here. And no wonder David got all this stuff. Uh, let's go to, oh, uh, I want to go to the Gettysburg Address again. There's so much in here. I call it that because this is a, uh, this is a final speech of, um, of Moses. And it wouldn't take him very long. I mean, I try to preach just 30 minutes. But if, oh, uh, you know, when they wrote down this speech, it wouldn't have been that long. You know, Moses said all this in Deuteronomy pretty quick. And the reason I mention that is because you can read this pretty quick yourself and you'll go, why do I have those details? Watch what we see here. This is chapter 2, but it's Moses didn't say, now chapter 2. Now we're, we're breaking in right in the middle of, you know, Lincoln's speech right here. This is Moses, though. He says, we turned back across the wilderness toward the Red Sea, for the Lord had instructed me. For many years we wandered around in the area of Mount Seir. Then at last the Lord said, you've stayed here long enough. Now remember, they're wandering in the wilderness because of their own problem. They got up there and they said, we can't go in there, we'll get killed. The Lord wants us to get killed. Oh, he annihilated Egypt for them. They saw all those miracles. Even the plague of darkness, they had light all around them. But Moses was in the dark. <laughs> he was like, darkness? And light. Not even a dog, the book of Exodus says, barked at the Israelites. Praise the Lord. And then they get to the promised land and go, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back home. Because the Lord won't do anything for me. Sounds like a lot of unbelief like I have sometimes. I'm thinking, you know, well, this problem's the big bad one. Oh, God can't get me out of this one. <laughs> and yet everything he's done for me in the past is just like all the miracles he did in Egypt. Okay, so here's what he says. So then at last the Lord said, you have stayed here long enough. Turn northward. Here we go. We're going to the promised land. Inform the people that they'll be passing through the country belonging to their brothers. Now this is very important. A guy by the name of Esau. Remember him? Uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, they were brothers. Now I want you to know what the Lord, watch what the Lord says about this Esau guy. Because Esau is what? He's Abraham's descendant. He's a grandkid. And God promised that he would take care of every one of the grandkids of Abraham. Not just Isaac. And you're going to see this and you're going to think, Hey, I guess God will take care of me. But see, you're, you're like an Israelite. But watch how the Lord does this. Then at last the Lord said, You've stayed here long enough. Turn northward. Inform the people they'll be passing through the country belonging to their brothers, the Edomites. Now that's um, Esau's kids. 
the descendants of Esau, there it is, who lived in Seir. The Edomites will be, they're going to be nervous, I think is what it says. They're going to wonder, what the heck y'all doing here? He says, the Edomites will be nervous, so be careful. Don't start a fight. <laughs> Notice this, I have given them all of Mount Seir, the hill country, as their possession, and I will not give you even a tiny piece of their land. I guess that means he hates them. No, he loves them. He gave them this. He says, I've given it. In other words, the, and remember the Edomites are what? Jacob and Esau. He was the one that was a deer hunter. Jacob was the one who dressed up and acted like him. Had on the furry stuff. His mama said, wear this, Rebecca. Anyway. So anyway, he says, pay them whatever food and water you use. The Lord your God has watched over. Look at this. Verse 6. Wow. Verse 7 that is. The Lord, let me scroll up. Hold on a second. The Lord has watched, your God has watched over you and blessed you every step of the way these 40 years. Wow. You think the Lord will help you today? David wrote down, he says, my steps are ordered to the Lord. Yes. You're protected today. He's watching over you. He just said so. You've, look at this. And you've lacked for nothing in all that time. All that we would get it. And I believe we do. But I'm just saying, sometimes when we get worried, we're like, hey, wait a minute. He's always taking care of me. I'm going to go sleep. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about this thing. And watch the Lord take care of it. I mean, the worst of your burdens, watch him take care of it. He says, so we passed through Edom where our brothers live, crossing the Abara Road that goes south to Elah, whatever, so New Hope, Hampton Cove, whatever. Traveling through um, that place and traveling northward to the Moab Desert. Then the Lord uh, warned us not to attack the Moabites. Moab was the granddaddy. Guess who his mama was? Remember a guy in the Bible that his mother turned back and she turned into a pillar of salt? That would have been his grandmother, if you call it that, because, well, anyway, but anyway, nonetheless. Uh, Lot got out of that city. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. And his two daughters. And this is one of the daughter's kids. One's name was Moab. And one's name was Ammon, which you get the Moabites and you get the Ammonites from. And here again, they were cousins, well, nephew, to Abraham. And God says, I'm going to take care of them. You know, I think he'll take care of us too. So watch what he says. He says, don't attack the Moabites either. For I will not give you any of their land. Any of their land. I have given it to their descendants of Lot. Wow. Look at verse 10. It's kind of interesting. The Emim used to live in that area, a very large tribe, char, whatever, tall as the giants of Anakim. Both the Emim and, and Anakim are often referred to as Rephim. That means they're just giants. Okay. Uh, in early days, the Horites lived in Seir, but they were driven out and displaced by the Edomites, the descendants of Esau, just as Israel would displace all the people of Canaan, whose land has been not assigned to Israel, I mean, excuse me, had been assigned to Israel by the Lord. He says, now cross over the Flint River. Okay, we're going to. Oh. Uh, and he says, he says, it took 38 years to finally get to uh, Zared from the brook of Kadesh. For the Lord had decreed that this would not happen until all the men who 38 years earlier were old enough to bear arms had died. Remember, because they all said, well, we can't go over there. He said, okay, we're going to live out here for 40 years then till you all die. Yes, the hand of the Lord was against them till they were all dead. Then at last the Lord said to me, today Israel shall cross the borders of Moab at Ar, whatever, South Alabama somewhere, into the land of the Ammonites, but do not attack them. Now here's that other brother, Ammon. Don't attack him. 
Okay. Why? He says, because I have given it to the descendants of Lot. Wow. Anyway, that area too used to be inhabited by the, uh, in other words, it's these giants again, a very large, powerful tribe. But Jehovah has destroyed them as the Ammonites came in. The Ammonites live there in their place. Oh, let's see. Oh, let me skip down. He's just taking care of business there. I think there might be one little other thing I want to see here. Yeah, he says, but to beginning today, I will make the people throughout the whole earth tremble in fear because of you and dread your arrival. I mean, it's like just roll your burdens on the Lord. You're on the winning side. You are going to come out okay. I mean, fear and dread is going to come out before, or is going to go before you. Ah, uh, let's see. Let me go to six just a moment here. Well, I'm there. Uh, I think I'm still there. Six. Okay. Here we go. All right, the Lord God told me, this is right in the middle of the speech still, the Lord your God told me to give you all these commandments. You're to obey in the land, which you'll soon be entering where you live. Now remember, don't worry about breaking some of them. We've got forgiveness. That's, that's what the sin offering. Okay. The purpose of these laws is to cause your sons and daughters and your grandsons to revere the Lord your God by obeying all his instructions. As long as you do, notice what he says, as long as you live, if you do, you will have a long life and prosperous years ahead of you. Hmm. So everything's supposed to work out? Yeah, better than work out. Better than work out. Oh my gosh. And notice what he says do. He says, uh, Therefore, O Israel, listen closely to each commandment and be careful to obey it so that, all, so 